This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're very fortunate to be where we are. I mean, um, what Mr. Harris and his group have brought is, has been very different, and it's um, you know allowed me, it's allowed us to, to, to keep the focus on football, the players as it should be, and, and what, what we do on the field. This is BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM from BetQL. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. That was non-riverboat Ron Rivera, Washington Commanders head coach, talking about how new ownership is helping him focus on football and nothing else. It's funny how Rivera wasn't exactly this PR maestro during the offseason, but I thought that was a really good answer as far as how to deal with new bosses and things like that. So somehow he pulled through there, and now we can focus on Thursday night football betwixt the Bears and the Commanders. This game opened as Chicago is a seven-point dog on the road, but since that line has been shortened to Commanders minus five and a half, Joe, what was with the opening number? Uh, the fact that the commanders were such sizable favorites and the fact that it has since moved by roughly a point and a half. Well, what we're back to is a look ahead. We're back to the look ahead of Washington at five and a half. And then, you know, most spots, it was six immediately shoots up to six and a half on Monday. It touches seven. That did not last. There was immediate buyback from pros on, on Chicago plus seven. So it comes down to six and a half. And then yesterday, yesterday afternoon, then it comes down to five and a half. And so, I mean, you know, naturally the reaction that I get here, oh, Bears fans are stupid. You know, they see them uh, have a lead for most of the game on Sunday and they're reacting. They think this is the real Justin Fields. Bears fans aren't moving markets, okay? Bears fans are idiots. Like, they want the fan bases to, to overreact. They know that. This is respected money earlier in the week on a Thursday game. That's what moves markets. So. I mean, that's we we saw with the buyback right away at plus seven. Like that's why that moved, and now we're down to five and a half, back to where we were. Um, look, so like reaction to what we saw in a week. I guess nothing changed because if we're going to make a positive case for the Bears, like yes, you can point to them somehow losing that game. They dominated the box score. They dominated it. There was no reason they should have lost that game, and it's the best pro game that Justin Fields has ever played. So I think that's the reason for the Chicago support. Um, we're still waiting on clarity with the injuries. I'm not expecting anybody in the secondary, much like this past week. 
But I find that interesting that based on this move yesterday, it feels like there's more positivity on the Bears than the Commanders. And the Commanders just pushed one of the Super Bowl contenders to overtime on Sunday. Exactly. The commanders have shown that, you know, they're not going anywhere. Like they have been competitive. The defensive front is going to give Justin Fields and that offense some trouble. And Eric Bieniemy has the offense slowly improving in this young season. The Bears haven't covered a spread. I don't know if I can back them until I see more. I, I think I'm leaning commanders minus five and a half. The funny thing, though, to me is the total in this game is 44 and a half, which is, uh, you know, medium to lower in terms of totals in, a, in an NFL game. Yeah. Haven't both offenses sort of proven that, hey, look, in the right situations, we can put points on the board? I mean, Justin Fields is coming off of the best game of his career, Joe, as you mentioned. But Sam Howell did some fantastic things as well. And even though if you're looking defensively at both sides, yeah, the commanders you know, certainly have a pass rush. The secondary can do some good things. But I look at this and go, wouldn't you take the over in a situation like this? Isn't that the better play than, say, necessarily looking at a side when, you know, we're going through six, but that's the only key number here? Yeah, maybe maybe historically uh, Thursday night unders have hit more. That was certainly not the case last week going on between right. uh, Green Bay and Detroit. And th that was my case for the Bears-Broncos game. Like, look, you you have – Washington is nowhere near as bad as the Broncos. But I know with the Bears, you have the second-worst defense in the NFL. Like, Howell should be able to do whatever he wants. Now, what's been the concern with Howell? Hold on to the football too long. That did not stop mm -hmm. again against this Eagles front. So he takes way too many sacks. Here's the thing. The Bears can't get pressure. They don't have any pass rushers. They have two sacks in four games. They got a sack on one of the <laughs> first plays of the year, too. So, like, since that, they have one sack in almost four games. Um, so I don't know that that's a big concern this week. Now, normally, when, when you're facing a defense that gets pressure, like, yeah, that, that's a worry when, with Howell. But with this Bears game, I don't think that be, should be that much of a concern. The commander, I mean, they may have a good opportunity to get more sacks. I, I think the commander's offensive line is definitely a weakness ever since they lost some key players. It seems like it hasn't been a, a unit of focus to improve. I, I guess they've had areas <laughs> all over the map to improve on the roster, so they can't fix everything. But that is definitely an area they need to fix. Yeah, absolutely. Something uh, that they need to be uh, eyeballing going forward. Let's move on now to the Giants and the Dolphins. And look, if Miami is going to score 70 against Denver, hmm. then why isn't this total 69 and a half against the Giants? Because <laughs> this defense has a bunch of rookie cornerbacks and they're, they're already facing some key injuries. So why not just go that route? But instead, the total is 49 and a half. The spread, though, uh, has moved up to Dolphins minus 10 and a half at last check on BetMGM. It, again, like, yeah. we know the capabilities. We know the potential for the Dolphins. We know that the Giants will not hang in this game whatsoever. The spread is certainly right. suggesting as much. And now we're suddenly talking about the key number of 10 very much being in play. And there are great arguments to be made for still backing the Dolphins in this situation, Joe. Uh, let's take a look. I'm seeing 11s. I see an 11 and a half. Like, the, how high is this going to go? 
That's how bad the Giants were on Monday night. This was sitting nine and a half, and then just the revolt against that organization. No, <laughs> past the 10. No, 10 and a half. No, 11. Some, some are going 11 and a half. It's like, okay, maybe we're at the stopping point now. Can I argue it? No. Like, how can the Giants hang in this game? How are they going to do it? I have no idea. Uh, Dana Jones, is he going to have that many turnovers again? God, I'd hope not. But it probably doesn't matter. He can have a turnover-free game, and there's no way that they're going to keep pace with this Dolphins offense against this horrendous Giants defense, especially coming off what just happened in Buffalo. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a couple questions. One, what is the largest spread in – NFL history. <laughs> well, opportunity to do a line. Yeah, every year we get ones like seventeen and a half. Uh, I'm sure they're. Yeah, twenty sounds about right. Twenty and a half, maybe. Yeah, there's been a twenty like in our lifetimes. Uh, couldn't yeah. tell you the game off the top of my head, but I know they've existed. And I want to say the dog covered, but I, again, I, I I don't really remember. I'd be talking, but. Yeah, that's that is interesting, though, in a game like this, where you can have an exaggerated spread because of what this Dolphins offense is capable of doing without necessarily adjusting power rankings, so to speak, because some folks, you know, great in the data science community. Basically, they look at this and say, okay, well, the Dolphins, you know, if they are the second or third best team in the NFL, then they're worth, say, six to seven points more. The Giants are second or third worst then it's, you know, minus six, five, whatever it is. But I think every now and again, when, say, you have these insanely potent offenses, you can kind of stretch the rubber band a little bit to where, okay, your best is that much better than your worst. And there's not nearly as much parity, say, this year in the league. And so I think, Aaron, to answer your question, that may be one way to approach this is to say, okay, best and worst normally aren't that, you know, big in terms of difference. But this year, maybe the difference is much greater between the best and the worst. Yeah, or I'm doing like an alt, a crazy alt line just for funsies here. Giants didn't get a touchdown against Seattle. Seattle doesn't have a good defense right now. Not right now. I think they'll Mm -hmm. get better as the season goes along. That's what usually happens with the Pete Carroll teams. They have a lot of youngsters, and Witherspoon came up with a massive play with his 97-yard pick six. So they don't have a touchdown in two of their four games. They're two home games. Mm -hmm this year uh Dallas game to start the season and then whatever that was on Monday and then what last Thursday they had a Brita touchdown which didn't mean much and then uh for a half against Arizona they did absolutely nothing so yeah I don't think alt lines is a terrible idea the only problem is like where do you start your alt lines because it's such a 29 and a half is eight to one there you go. That's not terrible. That's not terrible. But you're going oh through the key number of 28, Aaron. You're going through the key number of 28. So just be careful. Be careful. Dude, That's all I ask. They're going to Buffalo next week. What a disaster. Right? <laughs> they're done. Oh, my god. So done. But I'll revise my powerless rankings a little bit later. No doubt about that. Maybe. Uh, What else as far as line movements stand out to you, Joe? Mm, How about Detroit? We'll get to Survivor later. I'm sure Miami and Detroit will be part of that conversation. 
But um, this Detroit number at some spots has jumped to 10. Got to another, a secondary key number, if you will. Uh, That's a lot of points. It's a lot of points, Mm -hmm. as good as they've been. But the thing is, the Panthers' offense is so terrible. And I'm assuming, unless we hear otherwise, that it's going to be Bryce Young. Like, offensively, they can't do anything. Yeah, they hung around against the Vikings uh, this past week. But you know what? They didn't have an offensive touchdown in that game either. So, <laughs> I don't, yeah, I get the high number. It's got to be above a touchdown. Felt that it was notable that the Detroit Lions, I repeat, the Detroit Lions, it looks like they might be double-digit favorites in a game. It's the last time that happened. How this far early. we have come. <laughs> yeah. yeah. When mm-hmm. is the last time that happened? Gosh. Yes. <sighs> the Bryce Young in this offense is just awful. And the Panthers have no run game. There's just a lot to figure out with the offensive line. So many problems here. I don't have Bryce a strong is... opinion yet, but I have a hard time finding any arguments to back the Packers. I mean, the I, I just, the Packers. yeah. I mean, look, at the end of the season, Bryce Young's numbers are going to be among the worst because he has nobody. He has no help. This is a really tough year to evaluate him on. One one thing to be careful about, though, with backing the Lions as such heavy favorites, pass rate over expected. The Lions have the second lowest rate, meaning they run the ball more often than most other teams would in given situations. So if you're looking at a big number, keep in mind possessions and drives. Will they have enough to cover double digits? This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, we dive into today's wild card playoff matchups in Major League Baseball. That's right here on the BetQL Network. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network.